This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. All right. Hi. <laughs> Hello, uh, Ben and Emily here. I told you on Sunday uh, in worship that I wanted to continue talking about our discussion that I brought up in the worship service about men and women and different roles. We're going through this sermon series called Who Told You That? and different things that maybe you heard about Christianity, heard about the church. And and one thing that people might hear about is that the church is anti-woman. The church is against women. And since I'm not a woman, I thought we could talk to a woman, my wife, beautiful wife, and discuss some of these things and uh, hear your perspective. So sure. I conned you into it. I made you coffee. Yep. And uh, and you said, okay, then. Okay. So one of the things that brought up in the in this in, in the service was just the reality that we're in this safer at home uh, situation right now because of the quarantine and that some people are not safer at home. Mm -hmm. And so then I talked about how uh, this brings out this reality that for some women and children, especially women, uh, there's this gender inequality. There is this there unequal rights, unequal value, and then unequal protection. They don't feel safe at home. And so I brought out this idea that um, Christianity promotes equality right from the first page. Mm -hmm. That in Genesis 1, 27, it says, uh, God created man in his image, mankind, humans in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so right away, the Bible talks about um, unity, uh, equality, equal value, equal rights, and then should be equal protection. But in Genesis 9, it talks about you don't lay a hand on one of God's, uh, God, God's image bearers. So that made me want to ask you, do you think that there is inequality, you know, especially in society? Uh, do you think we're living up to that value? And then especially in the church, do you think there is inequality? Yes. Um, I think it depends on where you are and it depends. I think it varies from church to church. Okay. That's just going to be the way it is. Um, I think I've been pretty fortunate that a lot of the I mean, of all the churches we've been at, mm -hmm. I haven't ever really felt, um, I haven't felt it overly severely. Um, I think the most frustrating time for me was the year I was teaching preschool and the, they were voting as to whether or not to keep the preschool open. And I was teaching, it was just a one year thing, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I was there, I was trying to explain to them everything that I was doing and mm -hmm. telling them all the great stuff that the preschool was doing and the positive effect that it was happening or that, that was having. And then when it came time to make the decision as to mm -hmm. whether or not to keep the preschool open, then I had to sit down and be quiet. Mm -hmm. and I just, I don't think a man can ever really understand how, how frustrating that is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it leads me to think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and yeah. how he was crying out to God and begging him to please change the situation, and he didn't. Mm -hmm. And Jesus had to just sit back and trust. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder if that is kind of what we're being called 
to do to mm-hmm. trust the people that have the authority and trust that even though man men are the ones making the decision God is ultimately in control and he's asking us to trust him mm-hmm. to trust him with the decisions and that you know Jesus said to do that too he but that could be handled that. better too sure Were of they course <clears throat> continue to and like hear I said, your decision and value and they did I, yeah. I felt listened to and I felt okay. heard and I felt like I had a plenty of an opportunity to speak but then when it comes down to the actual decision being made yeah Okay. Then I have to sit on the sidelines and how hard that is. Okay. Yeah. But again, Jesus, he lived through that too. So he understands how that feels. Okay. That's how I see it. So then the next, you know, there's a lot we could talk about that, about how decisions get made or, or, or whatever. And, and that, maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. And I think that's something that we have to continue to wrestle with. And I don't think we've always done a good job of, at least wrestling with it, even talking about it openly. Yeah. And, and so. I think, but like I said, I think that Jesus played that role when he was a human on earth. He played the role of, you don't always get to understand why things are going on, but you have to put your complete trust in the Father. Yeah. And I think that that can be applied here too. Yeah. I mean, I know, and too, and there's been congregations that I've been a part of too where you're just like, even as a pastor, I don't get the decision. Right. You know, and, yeah. and, and, you know, you let the leaders decide mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to let them decide what the direction we should take. And then I'll try to live that out. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. Then, um, the next thing we talked about was, all right, if men and women are equal and, you know, we talked about that whole verse about human rights, you know, if humans are creating God's image, that means men and women, black and white, young or old, all people have value from from the cradle to the tomb. All, all people have value, no matter who you are, no matter what your race or gender. But then it still does say God created a man in God's image and he created a woman in God's image. What do you think that means to, to you, to women, that, that women are created in the image of God. How do you understand that? How could, you know, we better appreciate that verse that there's something about being a woman that shows us God? Um, I think what it reminds me of is um, the book Captivating. That's mm-hmm. what it reminds me of. And how they talk in there about how women do something that men can't, which is bring life. Mm -hmm. And I think in general, that statement can mean, obviously, literally having children. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't think that that's all it means. Okay. Because there are so many women out there who, for whatever reason, God has not allowed them to do that, and he would never intend for that to mean that they are somehow less of a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I think for women, how they, one area that they can bear God's image is by bringing life in all ways. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it means having kids. Sometimes it means making a blanket. Mm-hmm. If you are a person that crochets and gives gifts to someone, mm-hmm. if you buy flowers and give gifts mm-hmm. to a person, mm-hmm. if you are a person who loves to bake and you give your baked goods to someone, if you're someone who 
like has God has blessed with the ability to sing and have talent. He wants you to use that. That is life bringing. Mm, okay. All of those gifts and talents that women have, mm-hmm. when you use them in a way that is sharing, mm-hmm. all of that is is life giving okay. and life bringing. Very cool. And I think that's the joy of of the world is when women love each other and love all humanity. You know, men also included in that mm-hmm. um, as friends or whatever partners and. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is life giving does not mean just this one tiny yeah. little aspect of physically having a child. Do you want to share your other favorite part about that My book? My other favorite part <laughs> about Captivating is how they talk about how, and again, it's not God's word, so you can pick and choose the verses that you like, the sections that you like, and throw out the ones you don't, but this one was my favorite. It said that everything God was making was always getting better and better and better and better and better and improving, and he made land animals, and then he made man, and then he made women, which means they are the actual best thing on the face of the planet. That's funny. I'm just saying, we've always interpreted that verse as God made man, Oh, and then he kind of decided to throw women in at the end. Mm. And that's such a lie. That's not mm-hmm. That's not how it was intended to be at all. It was God made man, and he saw that the world was still incomplete. Mm-hmm. And so he made women to finally raise it up. Raise notch. it up a notch. There you raise go. Raise it up a notch. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So. Yeah, I mean, that was a big, I think a big point for me is that, you know, Sometimes you only see God portrayed in like, you know, and there is a, whatever, male pronouns and things, you know, the father, the son. Mm-hmm. And, and I think those are good, necessary, you know, that's how the Bible portrays it. But the Bible also says, you know, God is like a mother and uh, that loves his his children. And, and, uh, and then also these qualities that there's something about. A woman that reflects the image of God, and I just think that's really important. To emphasize mm-hmm. that that you were like you were saying. So yeah, I don't know a lot of men that buy flowers for each other, or <laughs> crochet blankets for each other, or right. you know, call each other up and say, "Hey, let's go for a walk," or mm-hmm. you know, buy each other Starbucks gift cards, or right, you know, not that they don't, but like, you know, that that's just that love. That's that's what God is calling, and that's what women in general do so yeah they give life they don't even think about it they don't think twice about it it Mm -hmm. just comes naturally from them to want to do something to give and that I think is how one one big way that women reflect the image of God is that they just care okay so cool then as you know I'm thinking about all right if it's not if women don't feel, some women don't feel right now safer at home or uh, safer at work or safer in the community or safer at church, um, but women always felt safer on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what God is calling men to, our world to, our, especially the church to, and then make that part of the greater culture that women not only feel safe, but women felt empowered. I think about the woman who, who who poured perfume all over Jesus and everybody was so shocked that she would be so extravagant and 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 you know f- uh, you know just 
upfront with Jesus and 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 yet she was pouring her life out and and Jesus was that kind of person that you felt safe around that you could just pour your life out to and mm-hmm. and um and so that's what I was wondering and you know I've seen the other side where d- domestic situations where where husbands or men are controlling are not safe are abusive physically, emotionally, you know, all the all the different ways you could be abusive. And I'm just scared for those men to meet God mm-hmm. because they will have to answer for that. Mm-hmm. And then I pray for the women to find the protection and, and, and the value and the opportunity that they deserve. Um, but how can we do like the total opposite of that kind of situation where, um, you know, you walk into a room and, and maybe, it's, you know, there's men in that room and women feel safe in that room, safe in church, safe in a workplace, safe in, um, you know, as safe as you would feel around Jesus. What do you think is is what God is calling the church to, the men to, to so that women feel safe and thrive? Um, well, I think it's two things. Um, the first thing, again, I'm going to go back to this book, Captivating, again, is, and they talk about how come women have what is the reason behind this massive attack on women that has been happening for thousands of years? Yeah. Where does that all come from? And even though we don't have a specific answer, again, in this book, Captivating, they try to answer that by saying that Satan was the most beautiful angel that mm-hmm. ever existed. He was stunningly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And when he fell, that was stripped away from him. Mm-hmm. And so he has now taken it upon himself mm-hmm. to destroy beauty. Mm-hmm. And he hates life. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the two most important things that women bring into this world. Mm-hmm. Beauty and life. Mm-hmm. And so Satan has made it his goal to attack women harder and more fierce than men. And he's, he uses men as his tool mm-hmm. to to attack women and so I think the first thing you have to understand is who the true enemy is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily fighting against men we are fighting against Satan Mm -hmm. who is truly trying to attack women and Mm -hmm. get them to be belittled because he is so grossly jealous Mm -hmm. of women Mm -hmm. and that I think is is important you have to understand who you're really fighting against Mm -hmm. you are fighting Satan when men do this to women Mm -hmm. and the other thing you have to keep in mind is women just, God designed us so differently as we've learned from the Mark Gungor videos. <laughs> Our brains work so differently and women just need to be allowed the space to process differently. They need to be heard and listened to in a respectful manner. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you have to only take their ideas or that somehow you have to lift women above men. That's, that's not equality either, but to just allow them the space to share their ideas and treat them with dignity and respect. And, you know, listening is a big part of it. And then, unfortunately, the other side of it is watch your eye contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, men just, it's not subtle. Yeah. When their eyes drift, women know it. Mm-hmm. They pick up on it immediately. Mm-hmm. And in that second, you immediately don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and you have lost the tr any level of trust mm -hmm. that you had with that man. If if their eyes wander even for a second, mm -hmm. you immediately that's it. It's like you're done. Mm -hmm. I don't feel safe around you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be around you. I'm going to have a hard time working with you or trusting you forever mm -hmm. because of that one second. And it's not subtle. Yeah, it's not yeah. subtle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Women pick up on it way way faster than men think they do because yep. it's not subtle yep. so you have to you have to do those three things I think you have to understand you're really fighting Satan you have to listen to them and not just because they process things differently and they get to things in a different way it doesn't mean it's bad mm -hmm. and check your eye contact <laughs> together that's really good that's really good and yeah it just so much has been put forward that women are objects, right? On every TV show, every every advertisement, just it's used yep. to reduce women to that. And There's I, something to look at. Yeah. I firmly believe that is all Satan. Yeah. I think he has worked incredibly hard yeah. to make women, to put them down out of his, his overwhelming jealousy of how beautiful they are. Mm -hmm. They bring beauty and they bring life and he hates it. Mm -hmm. So he has worked harder mm -hmm. to put women down than anything else. So, and then, you know, what would it look like for a church or a business or a community to be a place where women are thriving and feel, feel, feel like empowered and feel, what would that look? I mean, I, I think one thing you said, you know, do you want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the feminist movement hasn't necessarily answered this problem either. No, no, they've tried, but they're, I, I don't, they still are saying, uh, again, and this is in general, just a general idea that um, true feminism means you have to work. And to me, true feminism should be encouraging and loving and respecting women to make whatever choice they want. Mm -hmm. Feminism should be about mm -hmm. empowering women to choose mm -hmm. whatever career path they want. Mm -hmm. If you want to work full-time, great. Work full-time. We need, we need women in the workplace. Yeah. If you want to stay home full-time and homeschool and raise your babies, great. We need those people yeah. too. Yeah. And it's you have that story of, of that woman who f didn't feel like she could make that choice yeah, to get yeah, a friend yeah, or something. Yeah, she was a woman I worked with. She really wanted to stay home with her two-year-old, and she said, but I can't because then I'm not being a good example for her. And I just said, that's crazy. Yeah. That's just crazy. I said, if you want to work, work. But if you want to stay home, stay home. You should have that freedom. Yeah. And and I don't see how this the extreme feminine feminism movement towards making women feel like they can't choose to stay home that's I don't see how that's empowering to women I no. still see that as um, oppressive I still see it as oppressive it's like women have to take the worst characteristics of men and become it and become yeah. the man yeah. that you didn't like in the first place right yeah. and I just I don't I don't and the other thing I don't like about it is that it's Again, in its extreme, mm -hmm. feminism, I don't think always, the idea of it out there today mm -hmm. doesn't always see equality with men, 
as something to be as a goal to be working towards but it actually sees dominating men mm-hmm. as a goal and that's that's just so unhealthy also that's not equality you know we have a son i don't want him to to treat women mm-hmm. badly but i also do not want women to treat him like he's somehow less of a human out of some sense of <clears throat> revenge for the last thousands of years mm-hmm. you know that's not his fault yeah and so degrading men and trying to put men down mm-hmm. is it's just as ridiculous mm-hmm. it's not it's not equal so just as I don't want our daughters to be made to feel that way I don't want our son yeah. to be made to feel that way sounds a lot like the first page you know like by like, men and women were created in the image of God so mm-hmm. let's live that out not by erasing those differences but by enjoying them you know exploring them holding them up uh, you know, magnifying the good parts of, of what they bring to the table. And mm-hmm. yeah, very good. Well, anything else that you want to say that we didn't cover on this whole issue of is the Bible against women is, you know, what, and what can we do about it? Or No, I think, I think it was a really important point that you made that women always felt safe around Jesus mm-hmm. and that that's how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He was never, he never treated a woman badly. He never looked down on women. He never saw them as less. Mm-hmm. He always saw them as valuable mm-hmm. and important mm-hmm. and equal. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really all, all we want. All right. Awesome. Thank you for doing this. We should do it again. If you want her to we'll join see. me on the Bible studies more often, let me know. <laughs> all right. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.